Welcome to the True Face Podcast, where we have conversations about what we can learn from what's going on in our lives. My name is Robbie Angle, and I'll be your guide as we learn how to increase trust and experience grace. A lot of us get stuck in our relationships with God and others, and we end up wondering, is this really all there is to it? That's why at True Face, we develop grace-based relational discipleship resources to help equip you to experience deeper relationships with God and others. And one of those resources that's kind of our signature intensive is a, is a relational discipleship framework for churches to develop leaders or as a discipleship offering or for individuals who want to pour their cup into others and don't know what to do and who to do it with. This framework is for you. It's a nine-month uh, relational discipleship framework that you meet once a month for three hours and uh, you experience authentic community and you process truths of how we see God in ourselves. And we make it easy for you uh, to know what to do, who to invest in. Uh, you can pick a co-leader and invest in six or seven or eight guys, six to eight girls, or your, you and your spouse can invest in three to four couples. And Emily and I just had month six out of nine with the four couples we're investing in. And this, and I'm following the script and I love this thing. Uh, it's not a script, it's a framework for you to, to process these truths. So go to trueface.org forward slash trueface journey, go to the website, check it out because a lot of the groups are launching in August and September. And th this is the time to prayerfully consider, should I, should I pick one or two people? to invest in in the next generation, ask them to pick a couple of their friends, pull a group together, and use this framework to help us fulfill the great commission of, of making disciples. Check it out. Uh, let us know how we can uh, serve you. And this is a free resource. Other than buying the books, we have made this accessible for churches to implement for individuals. So connect us with your church person uh, and reach out about leading a group. And the little voice that disqualifies you right now says you're not ready uh, is probably not true. Uh, and I'll help you process that if you want to call me. So that kind of segues into what I want to share today. Recently, there's been something I've been thinking about, and maybe it's a holy discontent or maybe it's just a pet peeve. But I've been more aware of some language we use as believers. I've been thinking about how language or words we use can help us clarify our thinking, particularly the title pastor. So before I go there, let's back up a little bit. As many of us know, the church, the ecclesia, is a gathering of believers. Brothers and sisters gathering together in and out of buildings. We gather together frequently for all kinds of reasons, to edify each other, celebrate, remember what Christ did, support and encourage each other, learn together, and equip each other on this path of following Jesus. We are the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, his church, and we are sons and daughters of God who come together to use our gifts as part of the kingdom work of loving each other and our communities. That is the church. But we also call the building we meet in church. Like, I meet you at the church. So when we talk about church, are we talking about the gathering of believers? Wherever they are. Or are we talking about the building and the 65-minute program that happens there on Sundays? It can be confusing. And you can see how we can easily shift how we use this word of church to be more about the building than about the gathering of believers. Our loyalty can follow that shift becoming more attached to the institution than to Christ and his bride. 
You see, language is important for all of us. And this is going to cue my concern about how we use uh, pastor as a title. When we call somebody pastor, are we talking about the role we all carry as Jesus followers in Matthew 28, 19 through 20, to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I commanded you. That's for all of us as we're called to be teachers and disciples. Or when we use the word pastor, are we talking about the man or woman we financially support so that they can spend more of their time specifically following this commission, but still provide for their family? Does this make them a professional Christian because they get paid for their work? Well, kind of, because professional means you get paid for it by definition. But does it also mean to us that they are professional, like awesome Christians? And if they are, does it make the rest of us amateurs? You see how language uh, is important and can start to twist on us. Human behavior is pretty predictable. One, we all want to feel important. And two, we want to abdicate or avoid responsibility, which is an ironic combination really. But in religious environments, religious leaders are tempted to feel important and special. And all of us want to avoid responsibilities that aren't the paid Christians in the room. This isn't new. It's been happening for thousands of years now. But the byproduct is that in a lot of religious gatherings or churches, a codependent relationship can begin to form. Members of the church, you and I, honor the professional Christians or pastors as Pastor John or whatever. Pastor John likes being honored and churchgoers get it. Uh, get to sit back and abdicate their, their responsibility. So they can feed the pastor's sense of importance while letting themselves off the hook. It works for both people. And the pastor can receive the honor and be tempted to pride. It, it's a mutually potentially harmful cycle. And I don't know about you, but I've been a part of this cycle. Just a few months ago, I was thinking, I don't really need to pray about God bringing clarity about how I should serve my community because it's my pastor's responsibility to cast vision and how I, uh, for how I can serve and be a part of it. But is it? In my case, I let myself off the hook subtly and I erred on the side of passivity and I think it was underpinned by some of this thinking. Each of us who follow Jesus have the Holy Spirit of God inside of us. We are all saints, making us part of the kingdom, the work of God. We are priests. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into this wonderful light. You, me, are a chosen priesthood. The body of Christ is made up of us with our different parts, not better or worse, but equally needed as part of the whole. This means each of us is equally responsible to serve, to love, and to lean into our unique gifts. We are all needed as part of the body of Christ, the ecclesia, to engage in our unique identity and design God has given us. Through the miraculous spirit of God within us, we are saints and we are called to live in the light and lead and love others accordingly. And it can be easy to farm out these responsibilities to leaders or professional Christians. But Matthew 28 
8 through 12 speaks directly to the danger of this. It says, but you are not to be called rabbi because you, for you have one teacher and you are all brothers and don't call anyone on earth father for you have one father and he's in heaven, nor are you to be called instructors because you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant for those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. That's Matthew 23. Check it out. And words are important. In my experience and view, getting into this habit of calling John, Pastor John, who is our beloved brother or, or sister, calling them Pastor John has the potential in this thinking uh, to have more danger than benefit. It automatically introduces uh, subtly and indirectly a power structure and tempts one of us towards pride and the other towards passivity. As Jesus said, you're not to be called rabbi, the equivalent to our current day pastor or preacher. Now, was Jesus being completely literal and we should not call our father's father or pastor's pastor at all? Likely not, but we got to focus on what I think his point is, which is uh, that we have to become aware of replacing God with a human because of seeing your pastor as your leader instead of Christ We've got to be aware of abdicating the responsibility you have as a priest with the unique identity and gifts for the benefit of others. Jesus knew the tendency of us and knew we would be tempted in this pride and this passivity ledge. Now, some of you are thinking, come on, Robbie, we're just honoring them and thankful for their role in ministry. Don't uh, make a mountain out of a molehill. And I get it. My goal is to challenge us today to think about the spirit of how we're seeing and treating others more than the law of what exact title we should use for them. And I'm not proposing changes to business cards. And I, I get that pastor is the best word we have to describe what they're doing, both as a profession and as a shepherd of the local church, which could not be more important and is deserving of honor. My hope today is to look at language as a catalyst to encourage each of us to think more deeply about how we see both church members and church leaders, starting with ourselves. Here are some questions I want to leave you with uh, that you can spend some time potentially thinking about processing or praying through. The first question is, do we see all believers, including ourselves, as priests or only those who carry the title pastor? Second, do we see all believers as unique and incredibly important parts of the body of Christ, including ourselves? Or do we see those in leadership roles as more important? Next, if, if we're not pastors, do we carry ownership and responsibility as part of the body of Christ for the unique identity and roles we bring? Or are we tempted to our pa towards passivity because we're not professional Christians? I did air quotes there for those of you listening while running. And if we are pastors, last question, do we trust Jesus for our significance based on his work? Or, or are we seeking that as pastors or in full-time ministry to fill that need of significance through our position and title for Jesus instead of directly from Jesus? Thanks, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. 
And thanks for being a part of the True Face Tribe as we think about things and wrestle with things and hear stories uh, in this journey, this adventure of following Jesus. See ya.